is the Rental Income Podcast, where we talk to owners of rental properties and give you actionable tips and advice that will help you make more money while dealing with less hassle. And now your host, Dan Lane. I put together a list of seven things I wish I knew earlier about renting properties, and you can download your free copy. Just go to my website, freelandlordgift.com. Well, I am really excited to speak to our our guest today on the Rental Income Podcast. Carl Chavone is joining us on the phone today. Carl has had a really good career owning rental properties. He's owned a, a bunch of properties and done really well. He's also really active in the real estate community. He's the president of his local RIA club. And I want to talk to him today about how he got started I want to find out how he financed those uh, first couple of deals. I know that he bought a lot of properties in a short period of time. So I, I want to hear about that and, and see what other wisdom he can give us today. So let's go right to the phone. Carl, welcome to the show. Why don't we start with you just telling us a little about yourself and how you got here? Okay, Dan. First of all, I want to thank you for uh, letting me on this great show. I'm looking forward to a great call. And um, as far as us getting started, um, it actually started all in a swimming pool about 32 years ago. Um, I'm actually a trained aerospace engineer, and um, we were in corporate America, and we were kind of tired of uh, those challenges. So we decided that night that we were going to become real estate investors. And uh, what happened from that point on is we essentially uh, leveraged all of the income that we were making and literally buying everything we can possibly get our hands on. So our life for the first 10 years of our business was pretty much uh, doing our daytime job. And then after that, we would go and work on our renovation projects and put them into rental service. And that went on for well into 10, 12 years. And then we kind of coasted with that inventory and we slowly built up. But that's essentially how it got to where we are today. And we're kind of on the other side of the curve right now where my partner has, in fact, uh, retired. And we continue to have a couple of holdings still left, but we're kind of tapering down a little bit. And that kind of brings us to where we are today, where we're, we're basically just doing a couple of projects a year and uh, just to kind of keep our fingers on the industry. All right, so take me back to when you first decided. You're sitting in that pool, and, and you decide, okay, we're going to get into real estate investing. How did you find that first deal? First of all, at that point, I was actually a licensed real estate professional. So I leveraged that knowledge along with knowing that in this business, it was really based on relationships. So we spent a lot of time developing new relationships, whether it be realtors, property managers, attorneys, uh, so that hopefully they could leverage these relationships and bring us deals. Um, many, many deals were just sitting there for the taking. and uh, But we still use some of those same strategies today, and that would be using your local realtor, looking on what's on multiple listing. Uh, canvassing ads, leveraging our relationships with other investors. And that strategy continues to be steadfast through my 32 years in the business. So when you first started, did you know you were going to buy as many properties as you have today? Or were you thinking, we'll just buy one or two properties and see how it goes? That's a great question, Dan. And, And in our minds, we were thinking about what we were making at that time and where we needed to be 
And we came up with a, a, a kind of a, an arbitrary number, again, the, the fact that we're still sitting in the swimming pool, that we can probably live very comfortably with, you know, 10 or 15 rentals. And uh, we clearly exceeded that in, in just the uh, the second year. So in two years, you bought 10 to 15 rentals or more than 10 to 15 yes. rentals? Actually, I think we're about 18 was our number. Wow, that's incredible. Absolutely. And of course, we've leveraged both uh, traditional lending and creative lending uh, at that point. And all of them were not all self-funded, but we knew the time was right and uh, there was a lot of inventory. And back then, the interest rates were really through the roof. I mean, they, the interest rates were, were hovering around 15% at that point. So did you have a hard time getting finances? Like financing, was the were the lenders looking at you and saying, well, you know, we realize you want to do this, but you don't have any experience and you don't have a very long track record? Well, one of the things that's really helpful is when you have a good, solid income and credit history, it allows you to leverage that where banks really want to effectively throw you money. And that's essentially what was happening at that time. Now, granted, you could certainly get into this business without having good uh, good amount of money or even any credit by leveraging other relationships and other people's money. But clearly, we were positioned well where we were able to sit in front of a banker and they were ready to make a risk with us. And so were they ready to make loans for all the properties you were buying that first year or two? Or were you going there one at a time saying, hey, we got this deal, we want to... Well, what we actually did, Dan, is once we got the first one under our belt and it was in service, we were able to leverage that and go to the bank and now show that experience and actually use that income to even further uh, validate the fact that we can afford this and we're doing a good job and we just kept going and going and going. And uh, even to this day, the rental market is just such a strong business model that it's pretty easy to show good returns on that. And as long as you're managing the the property effectively, most lenders are not going to have a problem with that. So back when you were buying your first properties, what kind of benchmark were you looking at to tell if a deal was a good deal? Was there a certain dollar amount you were trying to make each month and be cash flow positive? You know, our our magic number back then was, you know, we wanted to get a minimum of $350 a month per unit positive cash flow per month. And that was really an easy target. And in many cases, um, Many of our projects has exceeded that. That's great. And yes, absolutely. And with that, that's also including vacancy, loss, reserve, budgets, and things of that nature. And at and at some point, then we then started to generate uh, actual income that we were taking into our pocket, and some of it was actually being reinvested into the business. So, when did you get to the point when you said, "I think we can leave our job and go at this full time"? Like, how many how many rentals did you need before you, well, you felt that, comfortable? That, that's a great question because, um, in, in my particular case, I actually uh, in towards the later part of my career, I actually enjoyed being a, an engineer, and it was very very difficult for me to leave it. Um, 
And so I, I was keeping that job truly to the very end, whereby my partner, he said, well, look, I'm done with this. Uh, and he has been uh, retired for well over 20 years now. So uh, there was a point, you know, around 20 years ago where we both could have easily pulled the trigger. He did. I decided to stay into corporate America because at that stage of my life, I actually was now starting to uh, regain the love that I had for the business. But uh, because the properties were so well managed, uh, they were kind of on autopilot, if you will. So it made doing this uh, somewhat easy. So you mentioned the interest rates were really high. You, I think you said 15% when you were yes. first starting. And so we, we've been in an environment for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years where, where the rates have been coming down. So you've been able to refi, take cash out, maybe lower your payment. Now that the rates are probably going to be going up, do you think real estate is going to be as good of an investment going forward? I think the answer to that is absolutely, because there is one thing that's at the core of this business, and that is people do need a place to live. And unfortunately, with the recent uh, bubble crash and many people having to actually revert back to being a renter from being a homeowner, the market right now for the whole model is actually explosive, and it's actually hotter than it's been over the last number of cycles that we've been tracking. So right now is a wonderful time for the new investor uh, to get into this business because the cost of money is very, very low. You can get a loan pretty much for, you know, four, five, six percent worst-case scenario, and the inventory is still rampant. Uh, the, the availability for housing is unlike anything that we've seen over the last 30-some-odd years. And uh, when you couple that with the fact that the Wall Street investments are yielding very poor results, it really sets the stage for you to open the door for some very creative financing, whether it be private lenders, hard money lenders, etc., all right. Well, next, we're going to uh, shift into the lightning round. Are you ready for this? Oh, man. I am so ready. I've been up all night waiting for this round. <laughs> I love it. Now, the <laughs> Rental Income Podcast lightning round. Five rapid-fire questions and answers in 60 seconds. All right. The first question is, what's your favorite real estate book? My favorite real estate book is Guide to Investing by Robert Kawasaki. Uh, the 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 knowledge that he goes into in this book and the thinking is so far out of the box. It's a great play for first-time investors. Okay. The number one fear that I hear from people all the time from why they don't want to own rental properties is they don't want to get a call at 3 a.m. that a toilet's clogged. As a landlord, have you ever gotten this call? Oh, yes. We've we've gotten the these calls, and our resolution to this on properties that we're currently managing is we have a series of contractors that would be there to take care of the toilet. So even though the toilet may be backing up, uh, at this point in time, we're not cleaning it. We may be calling someone to clean it, and that's the best way to approach that. Okay. If you had a property that was sitting vacant for six months and you had a potential renter apply that had horrible credit, a spotty work history, and a spotty rental history... Would you take a chance on them and rent to them, or would you just let it sit? 
absolutely I would let it sit. However, what I would do before letting it sit too long is I would adjust my uh, rent that I'm willing to accept because when you take into consideration the vacancy loss that you're seeing, you're better off taking a lower rent and getting someone who's actually qualified for the lower rent as opposed to someone who's not qualified for a higher rent because my experience has been that's a short-term solution to a long-term headache. What do you think is better, someone that has maybe bad credit but good income or maybe the other way around? What's more important to you? Well, for me, uh, in our criteria, we want to make sure that the tenants are responsible. We do understand that a credit report could reflect a situation where they had a period in their time uh, where they were un- unfortunately had some bad things going on, whether it be health, death, divorce, loss of job. If there is a one-shot occurrence in that area and everything else is good, then we feel that the credit is very strong and important. However, they also have to qualify because they have to eat, they have to pay their car payment. So their income uh, definitely has to be able to cover the rent. Okay. All right. And number four, if you could give one piece of advice to a new landlord, what would it be? Well, if I only had one to choose from, it would be to make sure that you have a rock-solid lease that really covers all of the aspects of your business and all of the risk factors involved in being a landlord because many people go out to the stationery store and they buy the off-the-shelf leases, which, quite frankly, uh, they're not worth the paper they're written on. Um, I strongly suggest that you have your attorney draw up the lease to make sure that you are not only covered completely, but whatever you're putting on paper is actually enforceable by law. All right. And number five, would you rent a property to your best friend? Well, uh, I would. Uh, However, um, I'm also going at it from the standpoint of if things do go wrong, am I going to be willing to do what I have to do to to right side the situation? And the answer would be yes. But if I had a friend who was in need and and I I felt compelled, absolutely. Uh, It may not necessarily hold true for other people because you know they may their best friend may not necessarily be the one who has income and good credit so you have to be careful with that all right well carl um why don't you tell us how we can contact you and also i understand you have a coaching program um why don't you tell us a, a bit about your coaching program and then tell us how we can reach out to you we actually offer one-on-one and group coaching which we create actual custom programs for each investor because each investor comes to us with a different level of experience. We have brand new investors. We have investors who've been investing actually longer than I have, and uh, they are trying to leverage their business to the next level. What really sets our program apart is it's action and results oriented. Many of the people that come to us come from national programs that have spent 
tens of thousands of dollars on coaching fees and they still don't know how to analyze a property or a market. So we understand uh, what the need is out there and we really help our clients break down barriers. And my philosophy is, is if we can break down every barrier that's in front of them, there's no reason why they can't be successful. So we help them plan their goals, their action plan, what they do from the moment they get up in the morning to what they do at night. And um, it has been a great formula for many, many years. We have countless success stories that we're very proud of. So, uh, yeah, we're really happy with the results of that program. All right. If you want to reach Carl, we have his contact information on our show notes page. We also have a summary of everything we talked about today. You can find that at rentalincomepodcast.com slash episode 12. Also, if you haven't gotten your free copy of The 7 Things I Wish I Knew Earlier About Renting Properties, you can download that at freelandlordgift.com. My name is Dan Lane. This has been the Rental Income Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We have new interviews every Tuesday, so uh, please subscribe, and we'll talk to you next time on the Rental Income Podcast. I didn't like the idea that if something were to happen to me, my family was going to struggle financially. I mean, they're still going to have to pay the mortgage payment, car loans, credit cards, and whatever other living expenses they have. So I got life insurance, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind to know that they're not going to struggle. They're going to have some time to get back on their feet again. Policy Genius's technology makes it really easy to compare life insurance quotes from the top insurance companies in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. If you have life insurance through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it also might not follow you if you were to leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. One of the things that I love about Policy Genius is that their agents work for you, not for the insurance companies, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. I've put a lot of time, effort, and money into building my rental portfolio. It's something I'm very proud of, something I want to protect, and something I want to keep in my family for a long time. That's why I put together an estate plan. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage your own custom estate plan starting at just $199. Just go to trustandwill.com RIP and you'll get 10% off plus free document shipping. I thought about doing a will for a long time, but I thought it was going to be very complicated, confusing, and expensive, and I just kept putting it off. Luckily, I found trust and will, and the whole process could not have been easier. My wife and I sat down one Saturday morning over a cup of coffee. We went to trustandwill.com. They walked us through a series of questions, and at the end, we got our own state-specific and customized will for our needs. Trust and Will has made estate planning easy and accessible for everybody. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents 
by visiting trustandwill.com slash RIP. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash RIP. I didn't like the idea that if something were to happen to me, my family was going to struggle financially. I mean, they're still going to have to pay the mortgage payment, car loans, credit cards, and whatever other living expenses they have. So I got life insurance, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind to know that they're not going to struggle. They're going to have some time to get back on their feet again. Policy Genius's technology makes it really easy to compare life insurance quotes from the top insurance companies in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. If you have life insurance through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it also might not follow you if you were to leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. One of the things that I love about Policy Genius is that their agents work for you, not for the insurance companies, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.